welcome to the Boss of My Money Keeping It Real podcast show, your number one choice for bite-sized lessons on how to take care of your coins and achieve financial success. I am your host, Esther Bangura, personal finance educator, budgeting expert, and money coach at Boss of My Money. So whether it's improving your money mindset, developing a wealthy mindset, becoming debt-free, saving money, or learning how to invest. Say no more because you are in the right place. And if you want to get started with paying yourself first, why not get your hands on one of my amazing freebies, the free financial wellness checklist at bossofmymoney.com slash financial wellness checklist. Now it's time to put the kettle on, make yourself a cup of tea and join me in today's episode. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Hiya, welcome to podcast episode number 77. Today's podcast episode, I'll be sharing 12 tips to cope with the cost of living. Now, at the point of recording this podcast um, episode, it's the 31st of August, 2022. There is a cost of living crisis, and this is a result of the recession that we're in, with inflation rates going up, interest rates going up, and it's all a result of the war between Russia and Ukraine. In addition to that, there's an economic war between Russia and the rest of the world. So this has caused um, all prices to go up. And so it's impacting us. It's impacting the everyday person and their everyday living. It's impacting our bills. It's impacting our income. It's also impacting our ability to pay off debts, to save and to invest. So in today's podcast episode, um, I'm gonna be sharing 12 tips to help you cope with the cost of living. And these are tips that I have used in the past and that have worked well for me. These are tips that I share with my one-on-one clients, depending on what phase of their financial journey they are on. And these are also practical tips. So these are tips that you can implement today so that you can be able to see improvement in your finances and just to help you cope, you know, with the current crisis that we're in. So let's get straight into it. So tip number one is to organize your finances. You should know exactly how much money you have coming in and going out. You should organize your bank accounts, your direct debits and your standing orders. You should know where every single penny is going and why. How is the money that you are spending serving your bottom line? So this is the first thing that you need to do is get your finances in order. Number two is to get clear about upcoming expenses. You know, I always like to be ahead in my budget and know what's coming. Make an advanced budget so that you are not caught in a financial bind in September or October. So in the UK, we know that energy prices are going up and they are set to go up again in January. So create an advanced budget so you know what your day-to-day expenses are and so that you can start creating a buffer in your budget to be able to account for the extra money that you will be spending towards energy bills in October and in January. 
So I personally have already completed my budget until December. So I know exactly what's planned to come in and go out. I know which areas that I can cut to create a buffer in my budget. And I have an idea on what I can and cannot spend on, you know, if I'm going to ensure that I stay on top of my finances between now and the end of the year. Number three is to stay on top of bills. Are you behind on your bills? I don't want you to ignore this. If you find that you are behind on your bills, please don't ignore this. Call your service provider or creditor. Let them know that you are facing financial challenges. Ask them what they can do to help you and what options are available for you. Ask for a payment holiday, a freeze on your payments. Ask them to cancel late payment fees and, you know, ask if they can put you on partial payment options ask them if they can review your services reduce your interest and so on this is the time to be creative in terms of staying on top of your bills and if you are behind catching up as quickly as possible number four families must unite it's time for a reality check and family meeting time the cost of living has gone up and it will continue to do so for a number of months this needs to be acknowledged and everyone needs to do their part to ensure that bills are paid, debts are paid off, money is saved and invested. Don't try to handle your finances alone, especially if you are struggling. If you are a couple or have older children that are living with you, now is the time for families to come together to support each other in managing finance, in budgeting, in paying off debts and saving money and doing all that you can to make sure that you weather the storm and help each other out. Share household bills and help each other out as much as possible. If you find that you are in a much fortunate situation, you know, see if there are any close family or friends that need help, you know, where you can help them to weather the storm. Number five is to declutter. You see, decluttering isn't just about being organized or throwing things away or having a tidy house, right? There's more benefits to decluttering when you do it. So when you declutter, you will get to know exactly what you have and what you need. This is going to cut down a lot of your unnecessary spending. A lot of the times, you know, we have two of many things, right? You know, you end up buying a nail cutter when you already have three. You end up buying a food blender when you already have one that you're not using. So decluttering helps you to live a minimalist lifestyle and a life that's full of gratitude and appreciation for the things that you already have. So when you declutter, you will know what you have and you will know if there's anything that you need to replace and then you can decide what those things are and when you need to replace them by. This is a challenge that I do for myself, like every quarter, is that I do a wardrobe declutter, I do a pantry declutter, and I also do a finance declutter where I go through my finances. And if there are any services that I have not used in the past three months, I cancel them. Number six is to get help. So if you're working, but you're, you are short of cash to cover bills, find out what benefits you are entitled to. There is no shame in this, right? In the UK, we pay taxes. And a lot of that 
money is to go towards when you need help and support if that time ever comes so if you find that you are short on your bills that you're not earning enough you are only earning the minimum wages you know or you're just working part-time and you're short or you know you're paying money in childcare, or you have a disability whatever the case may be even if you know you have a full-time job and you believe that you are earning enough to pay your bills yourself, there is no harm in finding out what you could be entitled to, whether it's council tax reduction, whether it's child tax credit, working tax credit, universal credit, and so on. If you are unemployed, sign up for universal credit and get help with your CV, setting up your LinkedIn page, you know, so that companies can find you and offer you employment. You know, I find nowadays that the universal credit is doing so much more than just, you know, giving people money and keeping them on welfare. They want to help you get a job and earn more income so they can help you with things like your CV, interview skills and job search support. You know, a lot of the time we think it's easy to just get a job, but it really isn't. You know, there's a competitive market out there. And yes, people are being very picky with the types of jobs that they do. But you want to make sure that, you know, you're applying for the right jobs, that you're able to go for interviews and get the roles. It can be really discouraging when you're applying for jobs, sending out CVs and you're not getting a reply or you're going for interviews and you're getting turned down. So get the support that you need to brush up on your interview skills, to rework your CV, to know where to go to for certain jobs, right? There's no shame in that. Um, and also, if you are a vulnerable person, so if you are elderly, if you have a disability, if you have children with a disability, if you are facing domestic abuse or you're struggling with drinking and drugs um, or you have mental health issues, please go to your GP, please contact social services, please contact your local Citizens Advice Bureau and get the support that you need. Find out what support services are available to you in your local borough. Guys, this is not the time to just ignore things. This is not the time to let your pride and ego get in the way and not ask for help. This is not the time to think that you're better than everyone else who is on benefits or is getting support from the local government, right? Get the help that you need. Ask for the help that you need. Find out what services are available you know, go to your local food bank, ask friends or family who are financially stable if they can help you out for a short period. I would definitely say don't loan money you cannot pay back. So even if you're having to loan money from families and friends, please do not loan money that you know you cannot pay back. Um, but sometimes it gets to that where you have to borrow money, whether it's can I borrow £100 just so that I can cover my food bill, but you know that you're getting money's coming, whether it's a job that you did over time, and that you can pay that person back. I would strongly recommend that you stay away from payday loans. Do not get any payday loans. The interest on those loans are ridiculous and you are going to find yourself in the vicious cycle of debt because once you start taking payday loans, you're going to continue to take payday loans. So I would rather you weather the storm, cut down on expenses, you know, get a second job, do more overtime at work, start a side hustle, offer your services or see what help you can get with universal credit or child tax credit, 
you know, or whatever is available to you. Let's take a quick pause and check out the random money fact of the week. Welcome to Random Money Facts You Should Know, where I share random facts about money to help you improve your financial literacy and take away that uncomfortable feeling when it comes to talking about money. Today's money fact is about sinking funds and why they are called sinking funds. So sinking funds are an important part of our personal finance. Sinking funds are used to save for future expenses such as a holiday, buying a new laptop, what you're going to spend or budget for Christmas, university, tuition for your children, and also any other big ticket items. But why are they called sinking funds? So traditionally, a sinking fund is a fund that's established by an economic entity where you set aside revenue over a period of time to fund a future capital expense or repayment on long-term debt. So this is usually in the form of bonds. So this is basically what sinking funds were for. It was really just laid out by the government or financial institution. However, in the UK, sinking funds are where homeowners with leasehold contribute to future assets so that they can either replace those assets in the future or to carry out building works. So for example, I am a leaseholder and so I have a sinking fund that I pay towards every month and that money basically just goes towards any future asset replacements or building works that the person who is in charge of the building may have to spend towards in the future. So whether that's replacing the roof or anything to do with windows and, and anything to do with the exterior of the building, then usually money towards a sinking fund is what it will be used for. You know how we tend to just modernize everything, right? So sinking fund is one of those things that have been moder modernized. So despite of what it traditionally means, the modern context of a sinking fund is basically a strategic way to save a little bit of money every month to pay for a large expense that you plan for. Personally, for me, the way I see a sinking fund is that I'm basically paying for a planned expense in advance by saving for it. So I'm saving to pay. So sinking funds are basically a great way to just set money aside for those everyday goals. So yeah, there you have it. Um, that's what a sinking fund is and that's why they call it a sinking fund. It has different meaning and like any other word, you know, we've managed to find a way to modernize it. Let's jump right back to the 12 tips to help you cope with the cost of living. Number seven is to downsize or to relocate. So this is gonna require careful thinking because it, it is a very big decision that you may have to make. Um, and there's a shorter way of doing this and also there's a way that takes longer. So one thing you need to think about is what you can do that will help you save money on expenses and also you know, reduce your expenses. So whether it's to eliminate an expense or to reduce an expense. So if you're renting, could you consider moving and renting somewhere that's cheaper? You'd need to factor in the cost of travel and time to work because although you might be saving money in rent, you could be spending more in travel or it 
you could be using more time to travel and that might not be productive, you know, in the long run. You could also decide on moving back home with family. I actually know two sisters that rent that rent a five bedroom house, which they converted into two flats. So one lives upstairs and the other lives downstairs and they share all the bills. And actually it's really helped them to achieve their financial goals and become financially independent. So you can think about selling your house and buying somewhere cheap. Obviously, this is one of those things that can take a bit of time because you have to put your house on the market and you have to kind of make sure that you're getting a good price when you're selling it. And also, you know, you're getting value for money when you decide to buy the new place and that you, you see a reduction in your monthly mortgage. Number eight is to adopt frugal habits. So being frugal is about reducing expenses and saving money anywhere possible. Frugal habits like cooking what you have, cooking basic and inexpensive meals, switching off appliances, turning down the thermostat, haggling wherever you can, holding off big ticket expenses, doing extra work, more hours at work, doing overtime, or starting a side business to earn extra money. Remember that the cost in energy bills is going up and you want to make sure that you are focused on keeping the human warm and not the house, right? Because if you're just trying to keep the house warm, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So focus on keeping yourself warm. So one of the things that I am, I've already started to shop around for is getting slippers for the house or getting warm jumpers or warm cardigans, warm socks, um, even possibly wearing a woolly hat in the house in the winter time. Just thinking of ways that I can keep myself warm because once you're warm, you don't necessarily have to have the heating on to be warm. You can just dress a little bit warmer. I'm even thinking about buying a flask so that I don't need to keep boiling the kettle every time I want a cup of tea. I can just fill up the flask for the day and it will keep the water warm for however many cups of tea that I want to have. Remember that you can also um, spend a little bit of money up front on buying warmer tug duvets, on getting rugs laid out throughout the house to keep the heat within the house. You can also block draft areas by the windows and place draft blocks by the doors as well to stop the draft from coming in the rooms that you'll be at. So there's lots of everyday frugal habits that you can adopt. So be creative and ask friends and family what they're doing. Ask them to share some of their frugal habits. You'll be surprised what we can learn from each other. Number nine is to reduce and pay off debts. So with the risk of interest rates going up, reducing as much debts and paying them off as quickly as possible will help you to save money in the long run. It's always one less thing to think about when the cost of living continues to rise in the coming months. Number 10 is to stay informed. Listen to the news, right? I know this kind of goes against what we tend to say, don't listen to the news because it's all negative and all you hear is bad news. But actually, you want to keep yourself abreast of the changes in the economy, gas prices and 
also about what support the government is given, right? So I know the news can be negative, but you need to know what is happening and how the changes will impact you. Number 11 is to adjust the things you can control. So you can't control the cost of food, rent, mortgage rates, and oil and gas prices, but you can control how much you spend on food, whether you cook or eat out, whether you need to buy more new clothes, the type of car that you drive, the number of subscriptions you pay for, if you will spend money on Christmas gifts this year and how much. These are all examples of things that you can adjust that are in your control. And finally, number 12 is to stay positive. I want you to keep your head up and I want you to ride the storm. Listen, this situation is temporary. Don't be discouraged if you have to park some goals for now just in order to stay afloat and to stay on top of your bills. Don't give up entirely on your goals just because you're struggling to pay bills or if you're not able to save and keep up with your investing goals. You wanna also surround yourself with company that will help build you up. If you don't have that type of company, then I would encourage you to build yourself up, right? Become your biggest fan read financial books of people who have overcome hardship and have positive affirmation or scriptures that you can refer back to when you fall low or wanting to give up. So that's all I have for you for today's podcast episode. I hope that you found it useful and let me know some of the things that you are doing to cope with the cost of living. I'd love to hear from you. And also if you need help with your budget, then be sure to book a one-to-one, two-hour budgeting session where I can help you establish your top three financial goals for the year. And I can also help you to create a budget, um, a 12-month budget that you can then just update on a monthly basis. We can also look at any debts that you have and set up a plan for paying off those debts. And if you're planning to save money, I can also help you with creating a savings plan. Thanks again, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Join me again on the next episode. Don't forget to share the Boss of My Money podcast with all of your podcast friends and tell your non-podcast friends what they are missing out on. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or any app that supports podcasting. You can also visit bossofmymoney.com slash podcast for more episodes. Plus, if you haven't got your budget ready for this month and need help with getting it set up and creating a budget that actually works, check out this podcast show notes for a link to the Boss of My Money Academy.com slash store where you can book a two-hour one-on-one budgeting session with me. That's not all. As a podcast listener, you get to save 20% when you use the code podcast in the coupon area. Happy budgeting.